Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist, and I'm a nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Hey, Rob Fortress Fortney here. I don't know if anybody's missed me, but I'm here. I'm alive. Well, and all that type of thing. Uh, Been around the block. Who cares what I've done? Anyway... Only you only have to know that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, everybody. This is sort of a time warp episode because we're recording this. You'll be hearing this uh, on the usual weekend, um, but it's being recorded in advance because I am going to be at the Strength Guild Iron Radio Lifters Corner, all of the above Strength Camp. Uh, when you are listening to this weekend's podcast. Uh, so we got we got a hold of Fortress at an unusual time, and we're going to record some stuff. Yeah, man. You, you got me right between my ballet lesson and my freaking uh, feng shui session. <laughs> feng shui. <laughs> whatever the hell you call it. Stupid. All right. Well... Um, I haven't been. I haven't been. I haven't been on the show for a while. I'll tell you, my vitriol has reached freaking epic levels. There we go. Well, you can unload it on the listeners this time. There's been yeah. a couple that missed you. I mean, there was a guy last week who's one of my <laughs> former students, and he specifically mentioned you about you know this your attention to the sports psychology and the motivation and that kind of stuff. You know, so yeah. Well, it's good you caught me. Yeah, because I'm going to be leaving and boarding a plane about three hours to go and defeat ISIS for everybody. So. There you go. Fortress, yeah, single Fortress hand, single-handedly. Going to defend us. Defend us all. Yeah. And I shall, I'll sh- I shall make my own high-production video. <laughs> nice. Nice. Wait for it. Wait for it. All right. So are we talking about – do we have a topic going today? Because i got some things I can talk about if we don't have a topic. Well, we do have a topic uh, that we could handle after the break uh, unless you sweep us up and get us entertained with something else before then. What do you have? Well, I'm just a couple things I've just uh, seen. Uh... Strength and Muscle Sport News. Apparently, Iron Man magazine, John Balick, sold it. And they're having a relaunch party, the new owners, uh, in March. Hmm. Come join us for the exclusive relaunch of Iron Man magazine with, with the most celebrated names in the fitness industry. Special event includes a look at the new summer collection from Bombshell Sportswear. Oh. Hosted by 10 of the most beautiful bombshells on a runway stage. So um, I'm taking bets already for how long before this goes the way of the freaking uh, muscle, muscle mag relaunch. I was going to ask about the yeah the connection, you know. Is it going to follow the path of Muscle Mag? Uh, it it looks sounds like already they're linking it to a product, you know. And I mean, from the very get go, instead of supplements, this time it's bombshell clothes. Is that we said clothing? I don't bombshell know clothes. Yeah, I don't know. It's like freaking 
banana hammock clothing or something. Or <laughs> bombshell sportswear. Banana hammock. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Even the ad is not impressing me very much. It's very unbodybuilding looking. I mean, they'll wreck it just like every. Re- just like, I mean, if anybody out there actually saw the few. Issues of Muscle Mag that were put out after it was sold, mm-hmm. after Bob died, and then it was went to bankruptcy, and then it was sold, and then, I mean, it, it was, it wasn't even the same magazine by a landslide, and not to mention the fact that I mean, let's be realistic, print print media is dying to hell, and magazines like Muscular Development are not helping anything with their you know with their covers that are nothing but photoshopped to, to a living hell, so. Well, and every other page is an ad. I mean, literally. I mean, you'll, you wade through like 16 pages of ads before you even get to the table of contents now in some of those magazines. I think Muscular Development is like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, you can't even I mean, tell what it, is a catalog. Is it a magazine? Where's the content? You know, the whole idea is content advertising is supposed to support the magazine so you could read something of value. Anyway, and <clears throat> speaking about the whole bodybuilding industry being being uh, uh, financed by fart powder, um, the apparently most winningest IFBB pro bodybuilder of all time, Kevin Lavroni. He says that's him. I, I, I thought it was either him or Vince Taylor, but he says it's him. Anyway, so Vin, um, Kevin Lavroni, who's now been retired for whatever he's been retired for, six, seven years, I don't know. Um, the Maryland Muscle Machine. How do you like that? He, um, he apparently is now. Now, wait for it. This is a very exciting announcement. He's got his own signature series supplement line coming out amazing and he's going to because he got tired of all the people asking him and he's finally going to avail that he says when you buy his product a piece of him is in there i don't really know what that means but um yeah that doesn't sound right to me yeah but the the thing apparently that he says that like he's done all that he's done the labels He's done all the... you like this, Lonnie. He's done all the science. Oh, I'm sure. He's done all the science. And, and the quality of these, of these supplements is going to be what's going to differentiate them from everything else. Quality. I haven't heard that one before. So quality will set it apart. You know? Quality, Maybe, yeah. maybe he's onto something. I, I have n- never heard that before. Yeah, no, me neither. So anyway, so uh, you can all look forward to that, to spending uh, 60 bucks for a can of fart powder at your local GNC with a signature series. But, you know, these things are all it, – it, it, they've really hit the wall. The supplement thing has hit the wall. Like, I mean, you look at, like, Jay Cutler and uh, Ronnie Coleman and all these guys with their supplement lines. I mean, they're all just – I mean, even Rich Gasparri's line – I think it hit, hit bankruptcy, didn't it? Not like a few. Oh, months did ago? it? Because last yeah. I knew, that had taken off to a surprising level for me. I don't know. No, apparently it uh, they hit bankruptcy for some reason. I don't know, but uh, okay. Oh boy. Anyway, yeah. So the Kevin Lavroni signature series, and and it's interesting that his um, the video I saw where he announces it, he's like you know doing the typical hey Kevin Lavroni in the house. This is a 50-year-old man. He's saying, I'm in the house. Not to mention the fact that when he says it, he's sitting in a car in some parking lot somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> so he's incorrect on all fronts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, he, and then he's making the big announcements. I'm like, I'm like, what kind of industry is this? You got some guy that's supposedly a living legend of the sport in the house, looking like he's never touched a weight in his life, sitting in a car somewhere making a big announcement for his, like, you know, uh, 
soon-to-be-coming-out signature series line. It's just not... not yeah, I don't present. know. And you would think you would think on some level he would at least have enough, I don't know, wherewithal, uh, brain power, I don't know, to say I'm working with some of the top scientists or something like that. But to say I'm doing the science, it's like what does that mean? You know, uh, do you mean you're collecting data and publishing and presenting it all over the world? Are you analyzing it statistically? I, somehow I doubt it. <laughs> somehow I doubt it. Somehow I doubt that too. Um, anyway, so I don't know, but... Um, so a new supplement line. Me, is it just me or is the whole fitness gym kind of culture just taking off like crazy in the last like year? Like I remember where I look now, all you see is people working out with their uh, workout duds and, you know, commercials for CrossFit championships and Reebok commercials about pushing yourself to the limit and I don't know it just, it just seems there's a resurgence of gym activity these days yeah it may be there's this real trend toward like intensity you know like blow your head off intensity times volume and we've talked about this before you always you say volume kills you know but when I say intensity I mean more like some bizarre mix of anaerobic and aerobic training you know like it's essentially calisthenics um, done explosively until you fall over, you know, like P90X <laughs> and insanity. And there's an element of that in CrossFit, too, you know, and um, that's maybe where the popularity is building from, you know, and you get this sort of team environment thing. And again, that maybe the CrossFit box approach, you know, where you have this sort of team where it's like mutual suffering kind of thing. Um, and now people have. <laughs> People have pointed fingers and, oh, you guys are uninformed about CrossFit and that sort of thing. I mean, Phil actually does lectures at CrossFit gyms. Um, I've seen the creators of CrossFit at scientific conferences, and they were sort of had a mixed reception there. Uh, so it's not like we're completely uninformed, probably on the culture, I guess. But I would suggest that's probably what you are seeing, Rob. You know, like everybody's suddenly into fitness, like in general, like general fitness. They're not a specialist so much anymore. They're just, they do fitness. I guess it's like doing <sighs> science. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It, uh, it's getting on my nerves. <laughs> it's getting on your nerves. Anyway, um, yeah, so let's get to what you were going to get to. What were you going to get to? Yeah, um, we could start this and then we'll go to break and come back and finish it. But uh, I was browsing online this morning, having my coffee, and um, I saw some stuff about what this guy's parents thought about his hobby, you know, early in life. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about, you know, what does your family think? And I bet this is something that you can have some fun with, and I bet listeners too, but. Uh, you know, Chris Shugart every year, he'll write a thing about going home for the holidays with his family and trying to, you know, hopelessly trying to explain what he does and why he does it. You know, why he's not eating certain things or is eating certain things or why he looks the way he does. You know what I mean? So I just have a couple of questions I'm just going to throw out to you and then you can tell everybody about this. So think back and I know you're a straight shooter. Um, bodybuilding was actually your first love right and you seem to you know even when you do like the gossip and stuff like you just did there's a very strong bodybuilding slant to it even though you're a, um, a power lifter by trade now so sort of speak but so what did your mom think i mean when you first started lifting how did it start 
And what did your parents or your sisters think, you know, did they think how weird or was it so mild at first and not bodybuilding ish enough that it didn't seem weird? You know what I mean? No, I just kind of was doing football in high school and I decided that I wanted to put some weight on. So I started doing that. And then before you knew it, I was buying muscle magazines and I was into that. And that's what I was doing. And nobody ever in my family ever certainly never looked down on me doing it. Oh, that's interesting. Even when you were competing, I mean, did it, did it not strike them as odd that you're walking around orange with dioderm on you and posing? And <laughs> Interestingly enough, when I finally switched over to powerlifting, my, my mom did tell me several times that that her and my father were happy that I did because they always kind of found the whole bodybuilding thing a little, little goofy, hmm. the whole kind of prancing around on stage, oiled up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how is powerlifting different then just because it's, it's more plain clothes performance kind of stuff? Well, it's, yeah, I I think, I think they see it as being a little bit more of an actual athletic endeavor. I see. Um, But, but as you see, as you said, I mean, I, bodybuilding was always, you know, was the thing that got me into weight training in the first place, really. Um, cause that was kind of the, you know, like, I mean, when I look back, I mean, it would have been more just basic weight training, but I mean, you know, at the, at the time, bodybuilding was all encompassing of what that was, kind of certainly in Western kind of thinking. Um, but it's interesting that you say about powerlifting because I'm I'm kind of even getting away from calling myself a powerlifter anymore. Um, I I don't really know whether or not I really want to define myself by any of these specific disciplines anymore. Yeah, we had a listener mail about that last week, actually. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if I compete. Well, I, I certainly don't. I don't really compete as much as a powerlifter that I, I think to necessarily label myself a competitive powerlifter, although I have done it, so I have been. But I don't know. I've not been really terribly happy with how powerlifting has kind of become anyway. So, you know, it, it just it's it just kind of... A lot of the elements of it turn me off. Not the sport itself, but the kind of... Well, you've always been mostly about the training first. You know, weight training itself. You know, as yeah. opposed to constant competing and that sort of thing. So I don't think much has really changed there, probably. Yeah. I just... Uh, you know what? When people ask me now, I'm just like, you know what? I, I train with weights. You know, and if people ask me, you know, what my goal is, it's pretty much just to be strong. Strong and big. You know, yeah, so yeah. there's so I again it's kind of full come full circle, right? It's kinda of like a little bit of the bodybuilding thing, you know. Develop some muscle, get some size. You know, the powerlifting thing, you know, only those other things are only good, you know, worthwhile if the strength is kinda of like, you know, coming up in in, in synchronicity with it because I honestly I look at most of the bodybuilders today and it's amazing how kind of I've shifted my thinking because when I was a teenager or my twenties, I mean that's all I wanted is, was to look like those guys. And yeah. now I look at these guys, and I can honestly say I actively do not want to look like those guys. Right. Um, yeah. No, I, mean, I, I hear you. About, I know exactly what you mean. I mean. No, I'm even speaking about a lot of the guys in even my own gym. I talk, I've, I've said before that you know there's a lot of you know drug use going on up here and in my gym and I even like last night when I was at the gym I was looking around I was thinking Jesus it's amazing because you know there's so many guys in there that have that telltale sign of drug use you know without any sort of base of their body you know what I mean it's just like they're not big 
but they've got some muscularity going, and it's the kind of muscularity that's singularly, you know, speaks of drug use. And you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, you know. Yeah, sort of uh, that water retentive, but there's really no quality there. There's not a lot of shape there. You know, they've you know. got you've got, you know they've got the traps. We all know the traps kind of come in first, right? So they have these traps, and they have the, they just have that look. You know, and I think I look at these guys. I think I don't want to look like that. You know, and you look go on a lot of these sites, and you know, and the joke is, you know, the the, the you know always a perma bulker. You know, it's kind of a, a joke phrase now for people who you know don't compete in bodybuilding. They just you know perma bulker. And I think to myself, I think I've always kind of just wanted to be the perma bulker. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm so far from looking at it as being a put down. I'm just like. I don't want to look like those guys anymore. Do I, do I want to be big and muscular? Absolutely. Do I want to have the look of a bodybuilder as it exists today? No, not at all. You know, and if people call me fat because of that, that's fine. If people call, I, I just, I just don't care. I mean, I go in the gym and I. It's all about performance to me. It's all about performance today. I, I don't give a crap about pumps anymore or or any of this stuff well let's face it i mean i think you have to be lean to a certain point at least for a pump to pay pay off really i mean if you're going to go in the gym looking for a pump and you're 25 30 body fat it's not very dramatic to be to be honest but so in your line of work what about co-workers so in your line of work i mean obviously being big and strong is helpful right so i bet nobody finds it odd that you have a background in powerlifting or bodybuilding or do they even know no it's it's actually in 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 law enforcement culture it's almost par for the course it seems like there's a, there's either two ways officers go they either never cared in the first place and they just continue to get fatter and worse as time goes on or there are people who are into it before or very quickly got into it as soon as they got into the career. And they're very much into fitness in general or weight training or whatever. So, um, yeah, it, it's not unusual at all. Um, but it's very trendy as well. And this speaks kind of to what I was saying before about me observing it kind of being very trendy. Because it seems to be very trendy right now everywhere. Um, because some of the guys at the gym where I train, you know, I imagine if they have more like blue collar jobs, I mean, if you're a drywaller, who cares if you're into bodybuilding or powerlifting? That's, they probably don't care, or maybe they think it's cool, you know, whatever it is. Um, in academics, though, it is sort of weird. It's almost like, it's not like a cover up, but it's almost, well, it's not almost. It's awkward to try to embrace it. You know, I mean, I sort of own it. In a way, I'm like, yeah, you know, I have a background in, I used to be competitive bodybuilder and that sort of thing. And, you know, and it's just funny because you get this, some of the, some of the students, they just don't get it. They, they snicker, you know, and, and then quietly, like right now, I bet I have eight or 10 different people, students and staff from around campus and whatnot. They swing by my office during my office hours just to talk shop about bodybuilding-related stuff. And I find that very weird. It's almost like this closet kind of thing, you know, or uh, some of them are women, you know, young women, and they'll come and they'll talk about doing uh, bikini or fitness. But it's almost like they keep it on the down low. Like you were just mentioning performance before, and I think very much the 
the world has moved toward valuing performance and you know it almost poo-poos or rolls its eyes at at physique you know uh in a way but yeah that's yeah. why i was curious about what your family thought you know being canadian and everything up there i wondered how you and your family looked at that stuff you know what i mean because i mean if you do the normal indoctrination process through football and that sort of thing um you know, then your mom starts seeing muscle magazines around. And I mean, knowing what your mom is like, you know, she's so good natured, but she's a little, sometimes a little on the spacey side, maybe, you know, she's so rated G and mom-ish. She's like, you know what I mean? Oh, Robbie, you know, good job. And she's just so supportive and all that. And, but I wondered if it ever stunned her, you know, to see, you know, people with 2% body fat or, you know, women, especially, you know, in bikinis and stuff in these magazines and they're shredded, they have shredded glutes, you know what I mean? Did she, there was never a period where she's like, "Oh my goodness, Robbie, what's going on?" You know? No, um, you know. And as as most of our listeners know, you know, I'm, I'm into heavy metal, and you know, a lot of music I listen to is very very extreme. And I don't even never recall them. I mean, I started getting into that when 13, 14 years old, and I don't recall them ever even having anything negative to say about that. So um, they've always been pretty much just uh, just supportive, giving you space. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they, they. I don't think they ever saw these things. Like when I would talk about you know being a professional bodybuilder and that kind of thing, I don't think they ever were. They were never particularly enthused about me looking at that as a viable um, career, i.e., money making right right option. I think it was one of those things where it was just like, yeah, do anything you want. Just make sure you get a good job so you can support yourself. <laughs> right. Hey, I'll tell you what. Let's go to break really quick. When we come back, uh, we'll continue this. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, if you simply Google CRC Press and Protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for $69 US dollars. So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So – uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, 
Uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. <laughs> Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Welcome back to Iron Radio. Rob Fortress Fortney here with Lonnie Lowry. Um, and we're basically just talking about well, a lot of different things today. But I guess the topic of the day would be uh, what your family and friends and that think about or have thought about or initially thought about your getting into uh, the whole kind of subculture of weight training. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, sometimes I think it's um, it's more dramatic for the bodybuilder side, not just because of they're you know the last minute the last stage of it all with the the fake tan you know almost orange looking tanning and posing and posing trunks and all this sort of oiling and all this stuff i mean a lot of times your family doesn't actually see that part unless they go to your competitions but i would think the diet brings it to their attention a lot you know whereas uh now off-season bodybuilders not so much right they're a lot like the power lifters i would think where if if the family's having lasagna, great, bring it, you know, um, it maybe not all the time, but you know, at certain times in the off season, but then when it comes time to start saying no, and I think that's what Chris Shugart's article was about, you know, his annual thing, which is, you know, like if he turns down something, somebody in his family's like, we'll get a life. And he's like, what kind of life is that? Like you, you know, you pudgy bastard, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and I think that's that's sort of the the tone with that. And I think with bodybuilding, I can tell you it it was always because let's face it, you even when you're bulking up off season in bodybuilding, uh, some people like the dirty bulk, but a lot of people don't. And I certainly went through many years where I didn't like th- that sort of dirty bulk. I wasn't about to eat cookie dough, you know, like I hear tales about some powerlifters eating cookie dough to pack on size at all costs or you know phil's wife bringing out trays of brownies while they're lifting you know and so you're you know you're going nuts on the chicken breasts and the broccoli and that kind of stuff and you're turning down the cookies and cake and and that kind of thing and so i think the eating brings that to people's attention you know like in your family i mean there's no question if you were to ask my family they'd be like oh lonnie's so disciplined he can you know eat like one potato chip and walk away you know and stuff like that and or uh you know, just that sort of thing, and I think that eating brings it to the attention a lot. You know, and yeah, but even in that, in that um, kind of, like, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I suppose, you know, for, to be a bodybuilder, my family was the best family I could ever have because I don't recall anybody ever kind of giving me crap about that either. It was just like, you know, that's what he's doing right now, and that's that's fine. You know what I mean? Nobody was ever, but you know, I mean, I've certainly got that from people outside of my family over the years. You know that type of thing. Well, and you did but find my, employment in it too. I mean, when you started working as an editor at Muscle Mag, I mean that must have probably made your parents happy. They're like, "Oh wow, I guess Rob can make a living at this stuff," right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Exactly. 
but you know, like I mean, even to this day, like I have you know some partners at work that you know um, still will call me. You know, they'll still use words like you know regimented and all that type of thing to describe you know how I am and you know my eating habits and all that kind of thing. But it's just it's just a carryover from those days. You know what I mean? Like I did it for at such a young age and for so long that it has just become how I do things. You know, so. Yeah, just yeah, you get indoctrinated and yeah, me- almost mechanistic. Like, I know you're like this too, but every day it's just I have oatmeal and berries with a scoop of protein in it almost every single day. The only other option is like eggs. You know, it's it's like oats, <laughs> eggs, eggs, <Right>. oats. <laughs> That's just what I do. You know, absolutely, absolutely, and it's yeah, it's the same with me. I mean, there's there's like just the other day, um, you were saying you know I was I, I was saying to my partner I have to go grocery shopping tonight he was like you know do you always just buy the same foods and i'm like yeah 95 percent every week when i go in the, into into the grocery store it's just the same food i'm buying Yep. you know it's yep. uh chicken eggs you know a couple frozen pizzas you know milk <laughs> orange juice bananas i mean it's, it's always just the same thing right so and in, you know what in those ways it, it probably put you on a more or less healthy path you know what I mean? Those are all wholesome foods. You know what I mean? That become your staple foods, and you're just so mechanistic with it, you know, that it just keeps happening. I guess I was just curious as I was reading some of that stuff online this morning about what listeners think, you know, as you think back to when you started getting very serious, maybe when you started competing, or maybe when you started buying uh, weight belts or, you know, getting gym memberships and that kind of stuff. It'd be fun to hear, like, on our Facebook page. You know what I mean? Did they get flack? Were there, was their family supportive? Um, you know, because it's not exactly a football, baseball, basketball kind of proposition. It's not one of the big three recognized sports, you know. Right. Uh, right. And there's so many – there's so much stigma and, you know, and things attached uh, to these sports, you know, macho kinds of things, or that's odd – you know, why would you want that? I, I remember, I think I said this on an earlier episode, but when I was in grad school, there was a very uh, older woman, an old lady. And when I was in San Diego, she said, what's wrong with that boy? And one of the professors said, well, he's a bodybuilder, you know, Mabel. And the lady's like, well, he's all bumpy, you know. And it's like people, just, they can't even compute, like, what you're trying to do, you know. So, yeah, yeah I know my, my sister, my oldest sister actually got me a, a Flex magazine for a joke when I was 13, you know, and because uh, I was sort of lifting cement weights off my floor and stuff. And I've mentioned this on the show before, too. But uh, she got me that as a joke. And I'm, I've told you this before, too. I've told listeners it had Samir Benut on the cover. And I took it seriously. You know, I mean, she did it like a joke because I was starting to lift and stuff. And I don't know if that was supposed to dissuade me or make me feel funny or, or whatever. But I'm like, this is cool. This is what I want. You know, I don't... <laughs> yeah, the opposite. Of what she <laughs> yeah, the about. opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know it's it's um, you know, and I'm 45, and a, a friend of mine actually that I I knew actually when I lived down there where you are, are actually just last week actually just dropped dead. He was um, shoveling snow. No and way. He's 45 as well. Uh, apparently, he just had a massive heart attack when he when he was shoveling, and and you know it, it makes you think twice about take stock of kind of where you are in life and you know because this guy certainly didn't look like he was a candidate and of course you know heart disease is the silent killer kind of thing but you know still he was far from overweight or anything like that but then you start looking at like that and you start analyzing what you're doing and and, you know i started thinking about my eating habits i thought you know 
Um, yeah, I mean, I indulge, you know, once a week or so in some pizza and stuff like that. But by and large, my eating habits are really kind of <laughs> extremely healthy, to be honest with you, um, compared to, to what most people right. Whole eat. foods and plenty of them, you know. Yeah, so it's like one of those things where it's like, but, you know, I mean, obviously that's not the only, you know, I mean, obviously in this guy's case there was some sort of congenital situation or some sort of like, you know, um, his eating or his just his, you know, uh, genes that he was inherited from his, you know, his, his family, whatever it is. But, and it kind of makes you think, okay, well, do I really want to make at this point big, big changes to what I'm doing or do I want to keep kind of, you know, stay, stay the course kind of thing. And, you know, the, what I realize is, you know, I, I love what I'm doing and, and, and I keep hearing, again, I'm 45 now, I keep hearing people talk about, you know, such a deteriorate of performance and everything at, at, at my age and this and that and everything. Your body changes so much and I really haven't seen much, to be honest with you. Like, my performance keeps getting better. My lifting keeps getting better. And as I've said on this show before, the thing I do notice is I get a little bit more stiffer at times and stuff like that. But uh, And skin quality, I would definitely say that skin quality is not as good as it was at one point. Well, that's one of the things that I think um, it'll start to cut short careers of bodybuilders as they approach 50 and beyond. I mean, I'm not saying you can't do that, but, you know, powerlifters don't care about their skin quality. <laughs> you know, and uh, if you're a bodybuilder, no matter how lean you are, you know, you get some of these guys in their 60s and stuff. And sure, there's exceptions, you know, and there's growth hormone and there's stuff like that. But, uh, you know, even when they're in shape, they're kind of saggy around the edges and, you know, and some people don't want that, you know, people who have competed before maybe don't want that anymore. You know, I remember Bill Pearl actually saying, uh, it's actually in the episode that's on YouTube. Now I put it up free on YouTube as well, but Bill Pearl was talking about, I think when, what, when he was 60, he stopped taking his shirt off in public, you know, and it's, it's not, I don't think that's a rip on anybody who is over 60 and does that just for him. That was enough. You know, because of the skin quality thing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like like I say, I just kind of keep doing what I'm doing anyway, and I don't really care um, to make even to kind of bother with listening to because there's so many people are so negative in, you know, the promotion of, well, you're that age now, so everything falls apart, and nothing's the same, and it's time to give it up. They actually and expect I kinda, it. I, they, they expect you to, to throw in the towel on some level, I think. Yeah. You know, no, and I think that's the thing too. I think I think you're definitely right about that. They kind of expect that, and they kind of, you know, if they if because because they don't like the fact that you're not succumbing to it. They don't like that. Right, you know, misery loves company. Think, well, you know, because it's like, well, yeah, like I mean, I was never anything, and I never tried to be anything when I was in my quote unquote youthful prime. And now that I'm past my youthful prime, it kind of gives me a license to be like, well. I'm this age now, and you know this is kind of the way it, it just has to be. It, it, and it's comforting because they can kind of let go of the the ego element and the kind of the um, the guilt complex that the fact that they never actually did anything. So when they see somebody who's actually st- has always done something, you know, extraordinary physically, and they're not succumbing to that age. It kind of it, it kind of you know prolongs their kind of feelings of guilt and oh shit well maybe I should have done something yeah but you, you know, know it's partly I... it's partly the roles we play too because like in some settings I don't think people would think twice you know that 
you know, oh, Lowry, he's a bodybuilder all those years, you know, and he still trains hard and it, it's it's totally okay with them. But yet in other settings, like I said, like at work and that sort of thing, I think it's just it's straight on disturbing to some, of, you know, some of the like football players or some of those guys are like, well, he's he's old. He shouldn't he shouldn't squat 405. That's, you know, and they almost sort of like roll their eyes at it. It's like, well, listen, there's a fine line between what I call fighting the long defeat. You know, that's a Tolkien phrase, but basically it's, listen, I'm not denying the age is going to wear me down, but I'm going to f- keep fighting that long defeat, you know, versus that sort of cheesy, you know what it's like. You watch bodybuilders make a comeback when they're way past their prime and they're convinced that they, they look the best they ever have. And it's like, oh man, just, just don't, you know, like this, <laughs> this comeback thing, just don't, you know? So sometimes there's a fine line between fighting that long defeat and, you know what I mean? And being that cheesy comeback kid uh, kind of thing. <laughs> cheesy comeback kid. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know what? Like, I mean, last night, <clears throat> you know, I was in the in the gym. I was squatting, you know, and I had just a few pounds shy of 500 on the bar because that's what it called for my session last night. I was doing three-second pauses on the, bo- on the bottom. And, you know, I, I, I felt better. My technique was – is my technique is – so infinitely better than it was even 10 years ago, you know? And, and so I think to myself, what, what are all these people bitching and moaning about? You know, you either, if you either got it or you don't, and if you don't have it and you still don't want to fight for it, then, you know, keep out of my world. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cause it, you know, it's just, it's just like the whole kind of fitness, fitness fad kind of thing. You know, I, <clears throat> you and I both know I mean, how many people are going to stick with it. And that's fine. You know, you're always going to have a certain amount of people that will. But I mean, the percentage is very low. But they're they're so they're so heartily into it, and so you know, so passionate about it. And and a guy like me, a guy like you, we don't want to hear it. You know, it's like go talk to somebody else about how much you're into it because you're 99 percent of the chances that you're not going to be into it in another 10 years. So yeah, you know, and then then you're going to do the old thing where. I mean, everybody, you know, when they talk to somebody, they're like, oh, I used to be a bodybuilder. Oh, I used to lift weights. Or I used, oh, I used to do this kind of crap. Um, well, you know, people who were into it for the real reasons in the first place would never have to say that because they never got out of it. You know? When yeah. The top, when, the, when the trend tides came and the then they went out again stuff it never changed you know never changed me never changed you never changed probably a large percentage of our listenership <clears throat> we were just always there you know um and we always will be there so you know it, it's like sometimes i make a joke with people i'm like you know these people you know i was here before these people were ever here and i'll be here long after they're here yeah you know rob i've actually wondered about like in the in the back room there at bodybuilders that you're very familiar with uh you know, I was talking to Pep the other day back there, and I'm like, you know, this used to be there was a handful of competitive powerlifters back here, and then you know there was the the bodybuilder guys, um, but now I I literally cannot get in there most nights of the week because you get the guys that are they're sort of quasi Olympic lifters, you know, and I don't know if they're if they were drawn in from the CrossFit side of things uh, or just maybe Olympic lifting has been a natural outgrowth of the CrossFit movement. You know, and that kind no, of thing. I'm, but I'm I can't get, sure. I can't even get in there edgewise. You know what I mean? And so I'm wondering, like you were just saying, as things come and go, 
you know, will I be in my 50s one day or in my 60s and I'm back there doing what I've done since the 80s and all those guys will then be gone. You know, the, this trend will be gone because it seems so permanent in the middle of like a five-year, 10-year stretch while it's happening. You know what I mean? It seems so permanent, but I'm wondering if that's going to fade too. And then, you, like you said, then the old guard will be back. Only ones left in there doing their thing. Well, no, and it's true. And, you know, um, what was I going to say? Well, it, it, you're talking about the Olympic lifting thing. I'm convinced that's a CrossFit kind of carryover. Um, because yeah. Olympic lifting was never even remotely as popular as it seems to me. And I know, I like how you kind of phrase it quasi Olympic lifting because I see tons of it too now in the gym. All these guys doing like kind of like, yeah, like pretend weightlifting kind of, you know, sessions. Right. And it's, and, and I know where they're getting it from. Um, you know, it's not quite the real thing, but it's, you know, they're, they're certainly going through the motions. Right. Like, you know, they're, they look like snatches mm -hmm. or cleans or, and, you know, and I'm not experts in these kinds of movements. I'm really not, you know, uh, but yeah, it's almost like they, they feel like you can see in their face, like they feel like they're training for the Olympics or something. It, it, I wonder what they want out of it. Like, what are they going to get out of that? It might be like you or I, and they just love the training. And, you know, that's obviously totally fine. Um, but I wonder if, if they plan to <clears throat> compete in some yeah. way and, you know, because they seem to have this self-impression that there's this very rigid plan and structure and, you know, they have all these nuances and <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's the kind of thing I would think if you wanted to be really serious about Olympic lifting, you'd go find yourself a coach and you would, you'd really do it. You know what I mean? It's almost like practicing martial arts before, you know, you have any kind of instructor for any period of time and you're just going to kind of wing it. You know, it, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem right to me in some way. Um, yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, what? And but again, that's part of that performance thing. And, you know, coming back to the family and coworkers thing, I don't think most people would find really find that odd. You know, I mean, it's a way to compete, certainly beyond your college years. That's cool. Um, I mean, if they are, in fact, competing in that. But even if they're not, if they're just training like that. That's fine. It just seems like sort of um, like like we we're saying quasi effort as far in, instead of being of the pure faith, so to speak, you know what I mean? Right. And like I said, joining a, a specific yeah. Olympic lifting club and getting an experienced coach and kind of going about it, you know, in the traditional way, I guess. I'd be interested to hear what an actual Olympic lifter thinks of what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, Cause be I, maybe a lot of them start this way, you know, where they just start yeah, because dabble I would, around. I would think a lot of the, you know, the, seriously, you know, lifers when, when it comes to weightlifting um, would be talking much the same that you and I are about, you know, whether it be bodybuilding or powerlifting or whatever, the, you know, the whole kind of, you know, I was doing this before you were here and before it was trendy and I'll be here doing it long after you're gone kind of a thing, you know? Um, yeah. But, again, uh, we're coming across very elitist here, but, hey, that's all right because we're Iron Radio. Well, you know, and I listen. I mean, if if there's one thing that I I think we sincerely do is we embrace all kinds of strength sports. It's just, uh, you know, and let's face it, it's not just true of Olympic lifting because I can't speak about that authoritatively, and I don't think you can either, really. Uh, but even with the bodybuilding stuff, I mean, how many, uh, you know, excited amateurs they just kind of they think they're doing it, you know. Um, and they're kind of, they're not going about it right. I don't know. Uh, 
and I don't know, like, like I said, maybe a lot of people start off that way. They don't ask as many questions. They rely on the muscle magazines or I don't know what word of mouth from equally uninitiated people, you know, who have never competed <laughs> or aren't trained. You know, they don't they don't have experience or education, you know, and it's sort of the blind leading the blind kind of thing. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say, you know, mm-hmm. but, but then maybe they stumble their way into something more appropriate, you know, something more legitimate. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know, but yeah. And I think the strength sports are going to differ in what your, like I said, what your family thinks or what your coworkers think. Um, and I, I think it's the, it's that bodybuilding and powerlifting thing that may, might jump out more because when I see a lot of the guys that are doing the Olympic lifting stuff at the gym, they're physically, uh, not certainly not all of them, but some of them, they just don't, they don't look very fit to me at all, to be honest. Uh, they just look like kind of average guys doing some kind of skills practice, you know. Um, so, so maybe it's it's not that kind of an issue with them, you know what I mean? But unless they're off off to the gym all the time, you know, like their spouse is like, "Oh, you're leaving again," you know, or you know that kind of thing. Whether it's a guy or a gal, you know, if the spouse doesn't understand your lifting, you know, I can see where that becomes kind of a kind of a weird thing you know i'm lucky that you know kelly's always just known that's just something that i'm always going to do you know even though i don't plan to compete anymore you know it's just it's just what i do and so i don't get much kickback there you know right right well that's the and and that's the, the that's of course the benefit when you've done it for so long pretty much all of the relationship that you develop because you know, since the beginning of your developing relationships, they've always known you as being this way. So there's kind of really no, like you say, kickback. There's no kickback because everybody knows that's just what you do. Right. You they know? they met you at a stage where you were already locked into that. Right. You know? So it's just it's just what you do. You right. know what I mean? So there's nobody questions it. You know. But right. Yeah. I just anyway. So I know we're winding down on time here, but I just thought it'd be fun to talk about. You know. Well, Fortress's family thought about what he does and that sort of stuff, because I think the fact that you got a job at a muscle magazine, um, you know, that's more of a pro- kind of professional level thing. It might not have felt like that to you at the time. I don't know. Maybe it did. I mean, as compared to like work in the front desk of a, a clothing bodybuilding clothing shop, you know, in a strip. Oh, mall. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, You know, because, I mean, I got a lot of flack for that, too. Like, when I chose exercise science, exercise physiology as an undergrad, you know, my stepdad was like, you're never going to make any money with that. What are you you doing? You know, because I almost became, like, a a writing major. I thought about, like, you know, illustration and graphic design, stuff like that. But I'm like, I'm just really obsessive about the lifting. I just want to learn everything I can about this, you know, and – I think it was a, a long time coming because I had to go through grad school for all those years and that sort of stuff. But um, there was a point when I was, I think, in a doc program where he sort of ruefully acknowledged, well, I guess you can, you know, if you go about this right, you can make a living at it. And I'm like, well, I I tried to follow a legitimate path. I worked my butt off. I paid my dues. I, You know what I mean? I tried to find experienced, legitimate mentors, whether it was – you know, in the gym or whether it was at the university, you know, and that kind of stuff. None of this blind leading the blind stuff, you know. And I don't know, maybe that's why we're sitting here doing Iron Radio now, because we can help other people not have to spin their wheels and do that blind leading the blind thing, you know. And 
I think those right. people, their families probably do have a reason to sort of snicker at them a little because they're probably doing some crazy, crazy shit that's probably not helping anybody, you know. But, <laughs> right. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, good talk. Yeah, I'm glad you can. Uh, we could get in a quick recording here. Uh, so again, everybody, uh, you'll be listening to this this weekend on probably Saturday. Uh, I will be in Kansas at the uh, Phil's new facility there, uh, and that's usually pretty fun. We can go do some stuff. You know, we have there's just limited people, like ten people coming. You know, and I I take some of the my research batch of the highly caffeinated coffee and stuff and you know they they're going to go through actually a mock powerlifting meet and that kind of stuff and um i'm pretty much going to stand back and sort of watch it unfold you know and just talk shop but that's one of the fun things about those events is just just the talk and shop you know which is right i mean it's kind of what we do when we hit record even here but yeah so we'll record something of course when we're there uh maybe i'll do some interviews uh, with some of the attendees and stuff and uh you know get some like on-site stuff should be fun and we'll, we'll either put that up next week or make it an extra or whatnot all right all right brother well, until then hey listeners have you seen the store at ironradio.org there are three halls in the store, one for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry, and they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store, uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each Hall of Iron are actually based on our own recommendations protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. 
also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.